Good morning. Today we will continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is still talking about Christian liberty, or to be more specific, the importance of giving up your liberty for the sake of the gospel. It was Paul's desire that the believers in Corinth adopt this way of thinking, and by extension it is something he desires for us as well. In the passage before us today, Paul will point to his own example of giving up his own liberties. In particular, Paul will show how giving up his rights actually benefited the Corinthians themselves. He had a right to demand certain things from them, but he didn't for the sake of the gospel. It would be easy to assume that Paul is talking as an apostle and minister and that what he did doesn't really apply to the rest of us. Paul believed that all of God's people needed to make the gospel their priority and as such be willing to sacrifice in the same way that Paul was willing to sacrifice. Listen now as I read 1 Corinthians 9, verses 13 through 18. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offering? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Paul begins by articulating his rights according to the law of God. Yesterday, we saw the agricultural examples he gave. The ox should be allowed to eat, and the plowman and the thresher ought to expect a portion of the crop. But those are not the only examples, since God made provision in his law for those that served in the temple. Paul reminds the Corinthians that those employed in the temple get their food from the temple, and those who share in the altar share the sacrificial offering. This is exactly what we see in Deuteronomy 18, verses 1 through 5. The, Levit the Levitical priests, all the tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's food offerings as their inheritance. They shall have no inheritance among their brothers. The Lord is their inheritance, as he promised them. And this shall be the priests' due from the people." From those offering a sacrifice, whether an ox or a sheep, they shall give the priest the shoulder and two cheeks and the stomach, the first fruits of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil, and the first fleece of your sheep you shall give him. For the Lord your God has chosen him out of all your tribes to stand and minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons for all time. Of course, there were no Levites in Corinth, and within a few years of writing to the Corinthians, the temple would be destroyed. But that does not mean that the principle no longer applies. Paul says that the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living from the gospel. In saying this, Paul is probably thinking of Luke chapter 10, verses 2 through 7. In this passage, Jesus is sending out his disciples to proclaim the gospel. The passage says, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, 
First say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. It is worth noting that Jesus sent out 72 to do this work, which means it just wasn't just the 12 apostles. The work of proclaiming the gospel is for all of Jesus' followers. Jesus declares that the laborer deserves his wages, and the labor that these men were engaged in was the work of the gospel. As an aside, this is why we pay our pastors and other leaders in the church. They have devoted themselves to proclaiming the gospel to us, and we should provide them a wage for the work they do. But this is not the point Paul is trying to make. He's making a point about giving up what one is entitled to. Paul reminds the Corinthians that even though it was his right to demand a wage, even from them, he had made no use of that right, and he wants to assure them that that is not why he is writing to them now. The next sentence is an interesting one, because it is not as smooth as our English translation makes it out to be. In the original Greek, he declares, For I would rather die than... And that is the end of the sentence. He leaves it there, and we don't actually know how he intended to finish. I think we can assume that he was saying he would rather die than take anything from the Corinthians, but we don't know that for certain. He then starts a new sentence, saying that no one will take away his reason for boasting. His reason for boasting is that he got to proclaim the gospel free of charge. This means that he had no... This means that there is no chance that people could question Paul's motives for preaching. He is not getting anything monetarily from it. He is doing it for Christ and for Christ alone. Paul understood that his call to preach the gospel was unique. Because of that, he was compelled to preach the gospel. He cried out, Woe is me if I do not. No matter what, no matter what Paul had to preach the gospel. He says if he does it willingly, he has his reward. It was not a monetary reward, but the reward of being able to offer the gospel freely and completely. I was in pastoral ministry for a number of years, and I can testify to the fact that there is a temptation to back off some uncomfortable truths for fear of losing people and maybe suffering financially as a result. For Paul, that was never a care. His reward was proclaiming the gospel freely. Paul claims that he also has a stewardship to preach the gospel. That is why he had been called. It's already been said, but it bears repeating, that Paul's reward was preaching the gospel free of charge. Remember that Paul's ultimate desire is that God's people would be willing to set aside their rights and their freedoms for the sake of their brothers in Christ and so that the gospel would not be hindered. I believe, from what Paul has said, we can conclude that if we are unwilling to give up our rights for our brothers in Christ and for the sake of the gospel, it shows that we are seeking the wrong rewards. We can either pursue the eternal rewards that come from Christ and require earthly sacrifice, or we can pursue the rewards offered by the world that are easy to come by but will not last. I will end with the words of Jesus from Mark chapter 8, verses 35 through 37. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? 
Today, I want to close by praying for our logic school. Father, we are grateful for the day that you have given. We're thankful for your word that instructs us. I pray that you would humble us before your word and that we would truly seek out and ask ourselves, what do we value? What are we seeking as a reward? Are we willing to give up our comforts so that your gospel might go forth with power? If we're unwilling to do that, Father, I pray that you would change our hearts and that you would help us to Look to the example of Paul and to look to the example of Jesus and trust in you fully, wholly, completely. Father, we pray today for our logic school. We pray for the students, their parents, the teachers, the administration. Pray that you would bless them in their work, uh, that as these students uh, are growing and their minds are uh, learning logic and, and how to reason well and to communicate well, that you would bless their efforts and uh, that it would truly uh, pay dividends in their life. We thank you for this day. Bless it as we go into it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.